This is Subculture, a KPLY and Anthro podcast produced by the Incubator Program at Palo Alto High School. Subculture explores the complexities of internet niches and aesthetics with Olga Moyes and Michaela Sia. Welcome to episode 2 of our deep dive into the internet aesthetic cottagecore. If you haven't listened to episode 1, it's greatly recommend that you do so before listening to this episode. Episode 1 is linked below in the description. In the first episode of the series, we examined the deeper reasons behind the recent rise of the cottagecore aesthetic, how it appeals to a general desire for escapism from the current climate. In this episode, we'll cover the darker side, the flaws, within the actual imagery of the aesthetic itself and the communities built up around it. Well, for starters, let's look into the Cottagecore hashtag. It doesn't matter which platform you choose, when you scroll through post-tagged Cottagecore, one thing becomes abundantly clear. The Cottagecore aesthetic is fundamentally associated with traditional white femininity. The videos and creators who dominate this massively popular aesthetic are overwhelmingly thin, white, cisgendered women. It takes significant scrolling to find anyone who doesn't fit those categories. And this isn't just because people of color, trans people, or plus-size people simply aren't making cottagecore content. They're out there and they are screaming at the top of their lungs and they want to be seen and they want to be heard. That's the voice of Nomi Serrier. You might remember her from the first episode. She's a pastry chef and owner of the Instagram account Cottagecore Black Folks, an account which showcases and promotes black people in the cottagecore aesthetic. I started this account as a vision board Actually, I didn't see people who looked like me living the type of life that I wanted to live. But why? If people who fall outside the rigid structures of white femininity are making content, then why is there such an issue with diversity? The answers are complicated and multifaceted, but let's start with the consequences of Eurocentric beauty and societal standards. A lot of black girls, especially black girls who are darker than me because I am quite brown rather than dark, um, they will tell you that they can just be sitting there and people will assume that they have an attitude or they're mad about something or something like that. Just from having a resting face, it doesn't even have to look like kind of mean. And I feel like that blockage in people's minds from being able to see black girls as soft and dainty also did contribute to us not really being on the forefront of this. Another reason might be the aesthetic itself. Think about it. To an outsider, Cottagecore simply describes a return to a time before modernity. Images of white women committing themselves to traditionally feminine tasks such as baking and sewing and living off the land, it kind of feels like manifest destiny. This glorification of colonialism, of living a traditional life in a little cottage of a simpler time, attracts an unfortunate subset of the public, so-called trad wives. And who are the trad wives? Let's see what Tumblr user TradCatFemme says on her blog. More women are embracing traditional gender roles and old-fashioned values. The hashtag TradLife is winning. I'll bet their husbands and children are very happy with their decisions to be stay-at-home mothers. No more miserable husbands, stressed-out mothers or wives, or kids traumatized from the daycare and early attachment disorders. Tradition is the future. May more women embrace their femininity and traditional gender roles. You might notice this seems a little 1950s, in the worst way possible. 
A 2018 New York Times article titled The Housewives of White Supremacy correctly ties the hashtag trad life with white nationalism and anti-feminism, citing their goal to combat quote-unquote white genocide by producing as many Aryan babies as possible, and that it is a woman's duty to do so. Yikes. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out why an aesthetic such as cottagecore attracts trad wives like moths to a flame. And unfortunately, it's not hard to find them in cottagecore spaces. Cottagecore's adjacency to the violent settler colonialism on the American continent and its usage by tradwives to promote their fascist 14-word fantasy has led many people of color to feel repelled and critical of the aesthetic. To begin with, I, I was okay with it. I wasn't really one of my favorite things. I liked the aesthetic and stuff like that because it was always really cute, but like even I knew that before getting into like the discussions of the um, colonist mindset behind it, it was like very overwhelmingly white. So to begin with, I didn't feel like I had a place in it despite liking the aesthetic. The whole idea of um, white people not necessarily addressing social problems that they created as a class. Um, the fact that people of color aren't even allowed to talk about how uncomfortable cottagecore makes them. And the fact that it um, attracts a lot of racist traditionalists is something that I don't like. This is the voice of Tumblr user Witches of Color, whose comprehensive critiques on the aesthetic have garnered attention. When asked about the appeal of cottagecore to right-wingers, this is what she had to say. When we see people wanting to escape in our society, especially people dealing with like white guilt, that escape happens to put you away from people of color, because if you have to be in an environment with people of color, then you have to acknowledge your privilege. I mean, for a lot of people, that's not necessarily comfortable, and just to go back to a time where that's um, not something you have to do, I assume makes people feel a lot more comfortable. So um, in short, it can be about not necessarily wanting to recognize your privilege or the power you have over people of color. So that escapism that we discussed in the first episode can hold a darker meaning as well. Um, and so the more I begin to learn um, from specifically indigenous developers, because as someone who's African-American, just the sheer whiteness was already something that was pushing me away. But to learn more about um, from an indigenous perspective kind of made me not really appreciate it or like it that much. And I will say that I do believe there are ways that you can approach it um, in a respectful way. And if that was done, I'd be more um, more likely to like it completely. But um, unfortunately, people just aren't about pursuing cottagecore in a way that's um, respectful to indigenous peoples or like African-American people. As African-Americans, it becomes a very, very difficult topic. When this discussing cottagecore and where we stand in terms of giving back reparations or um, even staying on the land because I like everybody else <laughs> we were brought here against our will our ancestors were so we're not really settlers um, we're not really colonizers so we worked a lot of the land so at that point knowing how to properly uh, make peace of indigenous um, populations that live here as we should but also learning to get our reparations back from um, non-Black people who made us work the land. It's just a really sticky area. And I'd like to further discuss um, in the cottage for debate about the reparations that can be given back to African-Americans or how African-Americans fit into that place. But I don't necessarily, I don't think we're there yet. But I will just say that I do realize that African-Americans are left out of the conversation. Witches of Color believes that POC should explore more of their own cultural backgrounds to further combat the whiteness of cottagecore as well as truly give back to what the aesthetic is based on. A lot of cottagecore is just practices from people of color smushed together. 
um, and kind of rebrand it as something else. And I think that while we're all trying to look towards cottage core, we should look at what we have because we have that to begin with. But at the same time, I'm not going to shame any person of color who likes cottage core. Just if you are like someone who's not a person of color, specifically black or indigenous, um, and you're wanting to do cottage core, like get your own or something, just look up like how to do reparations to like the indigenous tribe that lives there. There's ways that you can give their land back. Inuit Cottagecore creator and Tumblr user Violet and Shrikes agrees that certain issues in the community need to be addressed. I definitely think there needs to be like a lot more awareness in terms of like especially indigenous land issues and that kind of thing. Like a lot of people when they were confronted were getting really angry but then when you had like an honest conversation with them and said you know this is still happening in 2020 like these are the current issues ongoing a lot of people weren't coming from a bad place. They were just completely unaware of like modern issues that are still ongoing. Like there is still like land protests and demonstrations and arrests and all sorts of things to this day. And a lot of people just weren't connecting with that. And like going on from that, a lot of people didn't really have understanding of the significance of some of the things they were saying. So I think education going on would be like really what good as well as like visibility because one criticism of it originally and still ongoing to some degree was that it was really white. Do your research, like find out what the indigenous environment is actually like, if that's viable, if that is actually going to harm the environment around you more. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people like don't think about those things, you know, like if you're planting things like look at native plant options instead of like invasive ones um look at how you're like fertilizing soil because that can really pollute groundwater and like local animals just like if you want to engage with that in real life as well as like the cultural and community issues be aware of the environmental ones as well because there is a lot going on in the world right now <laughs> and I feel like you can't really be all like, oh, cute nature, forest, cottage, if you're not going to like acknowledge the environment around you. If you can be more active and you can donate to funds making changes, especially there's a lot of indigenous bail funds right now. If you can, that is also like really amazing as well. And that is like, just do what you can. She also believes that the community needs to actively fight the fascist forces within it. I remember there was some really big like cottagecore bloggers and like the more they came out they were like scary conservative and they were like scary anti-abortion and they had like archaic views on women and so I definitely think not giving those people a platform and engaging with them because people were like oh well I don't agree with them but you know I still like their posts that aren't related to that and it's like yeah but when you circulate the seemingly harmless stuff, you're still giving them a platform and you're still giving them a connection to like bigger groups of people. So I think one good thing is honestly to just completely isolate them out, ice them out, just, you know, don't give them the benefit of the doubt, don't play the devil's advocate, just say no. So can college be reformed? The jury is still out. While some believe the community can come together to reform itself, Others are not so sure if the aesthetic can outgrow its colonial connotations. Twitter user Aphrodite had this to say about the aesthetic's harmful prevalence in the sapphic community, a Twitter thread that recently re-sparked a cottagecore conversation. Quote, 
cottage core is the epitome of the problem of centering white femininity in sapphic spaces while upholding colonial ideals. As a black dyke, it makes me feel even more alienated in a space that already has problems with centering white femininity and purity culture that seeks to get rid of anyone outside of that. I'm just really terrified of it, as white femininity has been weaponized time and time again to instigate anti-black violence. Other users cite that the skinhead aesthetic, which was co-opted by fascists, as reason to believe that the same could be happening or has already happened to the cottagecore aesthetic. Calls to ditch cottagecore and adopt other plant-based aesthetics that do not glorify manifest destiny such as solar punk, a futuristic eco-friendly aesthetic that features overgrown plants in modern buildings, have been made by various users as well. However, in the end, Cottagecore has many differing definitions and ideals. Here's Noemi again, speaking on Cottagecore's broad borders. Cottagecore is your roots. So whatever your personal roots are for your culture, your ethnicity, or even you as a person, that's what Cottagecore is for you. Find what your simplicity is, find what your roots is, find your community, and find your peace, and you've found Cottagecore. Witches of Color speaks on how Cottagecore is a way to connect to the spirituality of nature. I think each group of people of color, we have our own cultural version of cottage core, if that makes sense. Um, for different traditions, we were already um, used to living in nature. We have um, our spiritual practices that, that make us in tune with nature. And I thought like cottage core was created to be an overwhelmingly white space um, to address the fact that maybe white people didn't think they had that to begin with. Whereas we, coming from cultures of color, already had um, those kinds of um, foundations in place. And Violet Shrikes believes that cottagecore is more of a lifestyle. People will be like, cottagecore, cottagecore, cottagecore. I haven't really seen one solid definition between people. So for me, it would be living like environmentally friendly and a lot more um, self and community sufficiency and a lot more moving away from like really rampant urbanization and capitalism and that kind of thing. Cottagecore, despite all the controversy, can mean a lot to different people. Its impact on internet culture is irrefutable. Thank you for listening to the second and final episode of the subculture series on Cottagecore. A special thank you to all those who interviewed and to Megatrax for providing music. For more stories and podcasts from Anthro and KPLY, check out our website at anthromagazine.org. This has been Olga Moyes and Michaela Sia for KPLY.